0: Blog TALK RADIO
1: Hi, Hi, I'm Ryan Tannehill, quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, and I represent the Finsider with the PH.
0: Hey guys, welcome back to Finsider Radio, your SB Nation home for all things Miami Dolphins. I'm your host, Kevin Nogle. I'm joined by Chris Early. Duke, how are you tonight? I'm doing all right. And I just had another number pop up on the board, which it looks like it might be a stranger to the site. How are you tonight, stranger? Uh-oh. We might have a bad connection. Keith, you there? Nope. Uh Oh, I think we have a bad connection. Oh, I think James just called in, too, and I think we just lost James. That's a great way to start. Anyway, we haven't been on the air since just after the draft back in May, so we've got a whole lot of stuff to talk about in our one-hour uh, show that we're trying to put together. Uh, we've got to talk about everything that's happened with the Dolphins, preview this week's matchup against uh, the New England Patriots on Sunday in Sunlight Stadium. We're also going to have a little bit of fun because about halfway through this show, the FinSider official fantasy league is drafting, and, of course, I'm in that league, so I've also got a fantasy draft going live during the show. So we'll see how well I can draft and host the show at the same time. (laughs) It should be fun. Uh, We've we've hit the start of the regular season, and since we haven't been on the air since the draft, a lot of stuff happened throughout the preseason, throughout training camp, all those kinds of things. And the main thing is obviously it's a buildup all the way to the 53-man roster. So, Duke, what are your surprises on the Dolphins roster? Are there any – are you surprised they cut somebody – what are your thoughts on how the 53-man roster shaped up? <clears throat> I was,
2: uh, I kind of wanted them to keep Marcus Stigpen. I thought they could have used him properly. Um, I, I mean, he wasn't—I won't say he—he he wasn't that special that you just had to keep him. But I thought they could have used could have used this skill set somewhere. Um, otherwise, I wasn't really disappointed with any of the cuts. I thought Damian Williams, the receiver, had a, a good chance. I thought they could use him uh, in a variety of ways, and they may bring him back um, after week one when contracts aren't guaranteed and all that crap. Uh, of course, the biggest surprise was that we had um, <clears throat> five undrafted rookies make the team. Um, Chris McCain, um, I think he had the highest, highest PFF grade of any 4-3 outside linebacker. Uh, this preseason, uh, the, the, that last game, I mean, everyone knew he was going to make the team. And then just to put an exclamation point on it, he just went off in the fourth quarter. Got what, two sacks, uh, pressure, just just unbelievable. Uh, and, you know, he was not even added, he wasn't even a priority free agent. He wasn't even added until a week later. Uh, so they just brought this guy in, you know, of course, most fans like so that, this guy's an afterthought. And then to that training camp, it was, um, this guy was playing well with the thirteen. team. I think I remember Omar tweeting out that he looked like Lawrence Taylor against the third string. Bring him up to the big boys and now he was getting first team reps. So, you know, he got kicked off the couch and there's some maturity issues, looks like he's kinda of grown up. He's taking advantage of this opportunity and you know the big question with Miami's defence is on the linebacker uh position and this guy can come in and help and you know I don't I don't expect him to be great at first but you know, maybe next year we've got a guy that we can move forward with. So he's the, he's the biggest surprise. Um, you know, I think we talked a little bit right after the draft about Jarvis Landry. Um, he has yet to disappoint. Um, he won the uh, the return position. He's going to be getting lots of reps uh, in game time. And I think that's another overall surprise is just how overall talented this wide receiver core looks. I mean, Omar tweeted and several other guys tweeted about how this looks like the deepest this wide receiver has been in a long time. I can remember just a few years ago, you know, how, how weak the position was, how there wasn't more depth. Now we've got, you know, five or six, you know, we were going six deep of guys that could, you know, start for some teams. So uh, I like that. It's, that's going to be exciting. But, yeah, those are the uh, – that, that's my take on right now on the fifty-three main roster.
0: I think uh, I think the guy that surprised me the most, and if you guys read it on the site um, four or five days ago, whenever those cuts were the next day, I did my top surprises. And my top one then, still probably is now, is Darqua making the roster. I, I like Darkwa. I think he did a lot of good stuff during the preseason. I just thought he was practice squad type guy. And Instead, the Dolphins went ahead, cut Daniel Thomas, which I know a whole lot of fans loved. And it's really funny to go on a side note here um, that we have so many – as fans, we absolutely love to see guys get cut. It's so weird. We celebrate guys losing their job. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I know everybody – Daniel Thomas, you have a ton of background noise, by the way, right now. (laughs) <laughs> um, it, it's just oh, funny how much Not a problem It's just funny how much We love to see guys get cut And what happens we all, Everybody wants to see Michael Agnew get cut He gets cut so everybody jumps on Daniel Thomas Daniel Thomas gets cut And everybody's now on Dallas Thomas getting cut It's funny how fast we move From one guy to the next guy In this guy has to get cut This guy has to go This guy's garbage and all that kind of stuff. I think Daniel Thomas still had a role on this team. I think that he could have been used as that fourth uh, running back, and I, I honestly thought he was going to make the team because I thought Darkwood was going to the practice squad. Now, that being said, am I upset that Thomas is gone? Absolutely not. I don't think he was going to be something that was a huge piece of the offense, but I, just, I thought that he was going to make the roster. So that's probably my biggest surprise is Darkwood made it. Thomas was cut. Um, kind of surprised you. Yeah, go on. I was gonna say, as far as Thomas, I think
2: a couple of things kind of ushered him on out the door. Um, one was that Moshaw Marino played very well when he got to play. Right. Uh, he wasn't in there but for a few snaps, averaged six yards. To carry. Yeah, it wasn't Dallas and their bad defense. But he went in there, he looked decisive. And the one thing that I've always – harped on about Daniel Thomas is he just lacks the vision. I mean, he's got... He doesn't necessarily run with power, but he runs hard enough, and he's actually got some pretty nifty moves out in the open field. I mean, the guy's not a terrible running back, but he just... He doesn't have that vision, and and, and this... With this zone-blocking scheme, you've got to be able to find the correct... either The correct running line, whether it's the cutback, you know, whatever... And he just lacked that consistently. I mean, there were times that he would find that, and he looked great. And then there was times when he didn't, and he just, you know, and so I think that's what that, when you saw Marshall Marino do that, you kind of realized, all right, that, he's got that thing that Damian Thomas doesn't have. And then Damian Williams, the running back, played well, and in, in the same kind of setting, just kind of outshining. So at that point, it was between, you know, I kind of thought it was between Big Penn and, and and Thomas and then end up going to dark which I'm cool with that. So, um, but yeah, I kind of think that, that the emergence of Damien Williams and Nasha Moreno looking as, as good as he did in his preseason that that's kind of the nail in the coffin for Thomas.
0: I, I think I think you're right. I I don't uh, I don't disagree with that. I just I thought that given Moreno's knee situation that you. Keith Thomas as the backup to Moreno in case that knee falters. At the end of the day, again, didn't think Thomas was going to have much of a role if he was the fourth running back. So I'm not going to be upset that he's gone. Um, the other one that surprised me, uh, I'll give you two, one of which is not there anymore, was Jason Fox. He he seemed to struggle whenever the Dolphins stuck him in as a left tackle, yet that seemed to be where they wanted him to be because the Dolphins don't have a lot of depth behind Albert right now at left tackle. So I, I kind but of, I understand why they kept him. I just thought that with everything else going on the offensive line, I didn't think that that was the spot they would try to keep somebody. So he's on the roster. He provides depth. We'll see if he sticks, especially once Mike Pouncey's healthy, if, the team keeps. I think they have ten right now offensive linemen. So you you do you keep that many, especially when you have to make roster space for Deion Jordan and Rashad Jones eventually. And then the other one that surprised me was Don Jones making the roster. Obviously, he's now been waived. And I I get it that he was a depth keep just to make sure that they had the depth at the safety position. But I just he did not seem to do a whole lot for the team this preseason and somehow he made the roster for one extra day. Um, that's, yeah, you know, and those probably my thinking about that what you said, said that, that, you know, fans like to <laughs> – fans are always
2: glad to see a guy get cut until he gets signed by the Patriots, and then it's, oh, crap, he's going to turn into a Pro Bowler, which, which is happened to A.J. Which Eads. Remember, he uh, – was cut A.J. Eads, and uh, he ended up being that Pro Bowler for the Patriots. So, um, <clears throat> now, man, um, I don't understand that concern, and it's, it's – uh, you know, but yeah, I don't understand that kind of mentality. I mean, you know, I understand it with Thomas and with Agnew. I mean, it's just kind of like you, you had your chance, and it's time to move on. But
0: yeah, uh, what was the? I can I'm blanking on his name right now. The uh, the um, linebacker, backup linebacker, Zach Thomas, backup special teams ace, went to the Patriots. Tom, Spid, or, not Tom, Tom is Izzo. Lair- Izzo. Lair- 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 Izzo. Lair- Izzo. Yeah. Tom is Izzo. Larry Lair- Izzo. Larry Izzo. Larry Izzo. Larry Izzo. Thank you. I, I don't know why I could not think of his name right there. But there's another one where the Patriots managed to get somebody the Dolphins cast off. Everybody will immediately jump on the Wes Welker uh, situation and how he went to the Patriots and became all-worldly. That situation, it, it goes back to the whole poison pill and – a trade having to be worked out because the Patriots were going to use the poison pill and make it so the Dolphins could not re-sign their restricted free agent. The Dolphins didn't yeah, release man. Welker, and they kind of got trapped into they had to make a trade because the NFL said you will do this rather than the poison pill being used. So, yeah, and
2: and that's one of those deals too that I mean, if you watched Welker play when he played for Miami, that you knew the guy was good. Uh, you knew the guy had right. talent. It wasn't like he's some. You know, like the guys that have been cut, you know, you're kind of like, well, you know, they were special teams guys. They they had some moments, but they weren't you know, great. But you can just kind of tell with Welker, like, yeah, this guy's got got something. And it wasn't like the Dolphins just let him go. I mean, they kind of got, you know, coerced into that. But, uh, and the only other one that I can think of is Rob Ninkovich, which I don't think he's anything, necessarily anything special. Yeah, he just fits what the Patriots do. He does well there. I don't think he's a guy that if he left and went to say, you know, um, San Diego or somewhere that he's going to shine. So th- those are a couple of guys. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, these guys get cut. And it's and like I said in that thread of the day. I mean, you know, Marcus Big thing got cut. He plays for, he's on the Patriots' factory squad now. But the reason he got cut is because, he, you know, he was sixth or seventh guy or further down on the depth chart at wide receiver. I mean, the Patri- I mean, Tom Brady has to look at what the Dolphins have at receiver and has to get envious of that because he doesn't have anything like that. I mean, if he he had this receiving core, you know, he'd put up 60 touchdowns.
0: I think that we will see what exactly happens with the Patriots receiving core. This is going to be a weird year for them. Before we get to the Patriots, though, let's go ahead and talk. Before we get to previewing the Patriots, let me say, let's go ahead and talk the two signings that they had or a waiver claim and a signing that they had this week. Picking up Don Jones off of a waiver claim, so they pick up Dolphins former safety, come over to the team. Coincidentally, the Patriots are playing the Dolphins this week. I'm sure that they're going to keep Don Jones for the entire year, and it's not just a one-year claim or one-week claiming. I say that with my tongue firmly in my cheek. And uh, then today, somebody did. They signed. They signed Marcus Pigpin today to their practice squad. So now they do have an offensive and a defensive player from the Dolphins. How much can you actually garner out of it for a co- after a couple days? I don't know. Belichick is obviously Belichick, and he's a brilliant football mind. So if anybody can turn around in a couple days and use the information that Penn and Jones gives him, it probably would be Belichick. But it, it is interesting that the Patriots are being the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, seriously,
2: it's, I mean, how long has Bill Belichick been in the game? I mean, is there, yeah. is there really anything Bill Lazor is going to throw at him that's just going to completely shock him? I mean, I think the only thing that really came out of nowhere was the wildcat, and that was just completely out of left field. And, of course, by the time the Dolphins played him a second time, he had, they had that figured out. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think he's going to glean enough to where he's just going to be all over the play calls. I mean, if Joe Fieldman is – any kind of coach whatsoever. He's gonna they're gonna have everything changed. Calls, all the stuff that that, you know, the Patriots aren't gonna know. And and you know, might even put some tricoration in there throw something in there like uh the Fig Pen would have known but have it changed to one play and see if they can get the Patriots to guess wrong or something. So I mean, right. I mean a little gamesmanship there. But I mean it's not like I mean I don't envision Big Pen sitting there in like some, you know, darkened office with Bill Belichick, just, you know, kind of this cloak and dagger, spy versus spy, you know, handing out secrets kind of crap. Right? You know, they're going to get some information, but it's nothing Bill Belichick hasn't already seen. And ultimately, it just comes down to execution. I mean,
0: you know, guys got to block
2: other guys. Guys got to beat their defender. And guys got to get off their blocks, you know. Same kind of stuff. It's It's football.
0: It is, and Belichick does. I mean, you're right. Belichick has the experience. I think that what you can get out of, especially out of a Fig pin who's been in the offensive meeting, um, and and Jones will be able to provide it, too, from the defense standpoint, but you're going to be able to get, hey, what are the signals, what are the tendencies on snap count, that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, you read it everywhere, everybody talks it, We as fans sit here and look at the game and expect, hey, we want to surprise the other team. And that's really not what it is. At the end of the day, it's really I'm going to line up and I'm going to execute my plays. You're going to line up on defense and execute your defense. And which one of us executes better is going to have the better result. And you don't really surprise them. When you you line up a wide receiver in the slot, he typically has only a few routes that he's going to run off his route tree. He's not going to suddenly come up with some brand spanking new route that nobody's ever seen before. So you're right. Belichick has seen it all. He knows it all. He, he knows what he's doing and how to get a team ready. But it still goes to this is a new offense. There's, nobody has really seen what the Dolphins are going to do because, I mean, um, Bill Lazor was asked in a press conference a couple weeks ago, what, is there a reason we haven't seen an up-tempo offense for the Dolphins? And his answer was yes, and that's all he said. And I absolutely believe the reason we haven't seen an up-tempo offense from the Dolphins this preseason is because he doesn't want to show an up-tempo offense from the Dolphins this preseason. Doesn't want to put it on paper. So I think that you are going to see um, you're you're going to see some things that we haven't seen yet from the Dolphins, but I don't think it's going to be something that completely throws Bill Belichick off his game. Yeah, and it's uh, and
2: one of the things about Pen is he, he doesn't really he didn't really fit the mold of what we have at receiver. I mean, if you look at what we have, we have all of our receivers are
3: <clears throat> at
2: least six foot. Um, I think Landry's 5'11", but close enough. Uh, they're not necessarily shifty guys like pen. they're they're just they're, they're tougher receivers. So, right. I, mean, I don't know that he even necessarily. I thought they could have used Stigpen, but I don't necessarily know that he's something that, at least as a receiver, what what you know, what he's going to show in practice to them is going to duplicate or replicate in any way what the Dolphins are going to do. I just don't think Mark Stigpen can do or be the same type of player for the, the Patriots to practice against as say Brandon Gibson or Rashard Matthew. So there's that, and um,
0: and I just forgot what I was going to say. Anyway. Well, on that note, let's let's go over. Um, we'll switch over, start to shift towards talking about this upcoming game. Uh, Dolphins and Patriots both released their injury reports. I think this is the first time in I don't know how long that. I've ever seen a team's injury report actually be longer than the Patriots. They only had four players listed: uh, Michael Buchanan, lineman, uh, defensive lineman, out with an, or uh, limited with ankle injury; uh, Rob, Gronk- Rob Gronkowski, uh, limited with a knee; defensive tackle Chris Jones, limited with ankle, and defensive tackle Sel- Silver Saliga. I think is how you say his name. I'm not 100% on that uh, hand injury for the dolphins. The limited were Walt Akins, Charles Clay, Coa Derek Shelby, Caleb Sturgis, Jamar Taylor, Billy Turner, and Phillip Wheeler. N- I, I really don't think there's anything surprising in there. Most of those guys had some sort of issue during the preseason. Shelby is, was limited with an illness. So not really a big thing there. Uh, Philip Wheeler apparently was out there with his hand in a cast or in a club, as they described it. So nothing really on the limited. It's the out that I think kind of jumps up to people because you have Mike Pouncey, who's the obvious one, going to be out, hasn't practiced yet, isn't cleared from his hip surgery. But Terrence Fidé and Jordan Tripp are both already ruled out for this week, too. And my concern looking at that is, you're already down Deion Jordan because of the suspension. So now you're throwing Terrence Fidé out of the game too. And that defensive end rotation became very, very small with essentially Cameron Wake, uh, Olivier Vernon and Derek Shelby as assuming Shelby's not still sick. So the defensive end position just became a really interesting one to watch this week. And it it to me, it was
2: a concern until they started using Chris McCain as as a rusher
0: and yeah. that kind of
2: position. That's what he specialized in at Cal, and so as long as you're not asking him to do, you know, to do a whole lot at this point, um, if you throw him out there in the speed package and let him just put his hand in the dirt and rush, I think he'll be okay in that regard. Um, so. After what I saw against the Rams, and granted it was against the backups, but still, you know, what we've seen of them this preseason, I think they can use them in that role, and that kind of alleviates some of the concern as far as the depth. Because I think Shelby will go, and then you'll have your four defensive ends if you use him as a defensive end of that package. So, And you can always use Audric to slide over as a base end if they need to. So, I mean, they, they've got it to where it can work. And you've already got those three guys out, so that only leaves, what, three more players to rule out on the on the right. game day squad. So, you know, you've got Pouncey, you've got know, at least nine offensive linemen, so if you get one of them, another one's going to be out, probably Dallas Thomas. And, um, you know, one of those defensive backs, we just picked up off the waiver. wire. Well, there's your six guys that are out the game. I think you need one more, so. just One more,
0: you need something seven. Like, something yep. like that. So, you know, we'll have most of our guys out there. So but yeah, a, I think you're on with Audrick. I think Audric becomes the other defensive end. I think you're you're right. McCain can absolutely be an option. I think that you end up seeing what is essentially three defensive tackles for the Dolphins, with Randy Starks, Earl Mitchell, and Jared Audrick on the field a lot more when Vernon isn't in there, and then Cam Wake is obviously on the other side. So I, th- I think that's probably how you end up seeing it. I'm not really overly concerned right now about the injuries. Obviously, today and Tripp would be nice to have. We'll see how the limited status plays out over the next couple days. Uh, Sturgis is obviously, he's 100%. He says he's 100%. I think that's just precautionary so that he's not straining his groin muscle during practice. Let him get out there. Clay, same thing. You're just protecting that knee that he injured during the preseason. Uh Kouamisi, shoulder, he sat out some of the preseason. Uh, uh, Jamar Taylor, you're just protecting the hip. Billy Turner could end up being that other offensive lineman who misses. I don't know how serious the split injury is on him, so we'll have to watch how he does. Uh, Noshon Moreno was actually listed on the injury report, but he was a full participant in practice, so it's one of those, Everybody knows he was injured, so we have to keep him on the injury report, but there's no ill effects here. So, no Sean Moreno should be ready to go. Uh, looking at the Dolphins' depth chart, since I brought up Moreno, it's still listing Miller as the starter over Moreno. I think that's just the way the team has them listed. I don't read anything into that. I think the team probably is using them as co-starters, just like they do with Audric uh, Mitchell, and uh, Starks. But I think Moreno ends up being the primary starter, the primary ball carrier. Maybe they start him a little slower just to protect that knee a little bit, but I think that Moreno is the guy. Yeah, I think he'll end up with more carries. Excuse me. Yeah. I think I think probably. Um, since, since we are now on to talking the Dolphins, let's go ahead – or uh, I'm sorry, the Patriots, let's go ahead and switch to this week's game. What are you looking for out of the Dolphins? How do you think they can attack this Patriots team?
2: Well, I kind of agree with some of the sentiment going around on Twitter about how the Patriots will defend the receivers. Namely, they don't think that Mike Wallace will be, uh, be defended by Revis, that they will probably put Revis on heart line and then double cover Wallace. Um, I, I, I think they will switch it around, but I think you'll see a lot of that. Ultimately, I just want to see the other guy step up. I mean, we, in terms of potential, Miami has the weapons to to be one of those pick-your-poison type of offenses. Um, I like, you know, I, I was not a fan of the Brandon Gibson signing at all. I was all about trading him this season if he was healthy. This off season, I mean, and then you know after watching him in a couple preseason games, I'm like, yeah, we need to keep this guy. Uh, He just he just he makes plays when he gets his number called. So if he can step it up a notch, if Rashard Matthews can step it up a notch, if Jarvis Landry can you know play like we think he's capable of playing, you know what we have in Charles Clay. I mean, at some point, you know, yeah, they've got and of course they're down. They don't have Brandon Browner because he's uh, suspended. So at some point. This Dolphins team has the chance to be, you know, Tanhill has is going to have the options to if Wallace is covered, if Harlan's covered, that's fine. I've got a couple of other guys that I can throw to and they can get the job done. So that's kind of what I'm looking for. If Gibson can't play up to Gibson or Matthews, or those guys can't play up to the standard we expect of them, then I think the offense is going to struggle a little bit. But. Um, you know, I, I think we have the weapons to, to do that. Um, I think the offensive line is going to block well. I mean, we we can see a couple, you know, three or four sacks. I mean, that's that's entirely possible. But I think they're going to be improved. I think we are going to see a little more of that tempo That reminded me of what I was going to say earlier. You know, the first preseason game against Atlanta, the offense went out there moved the ball down the field at a very quick pace. It looked just utterly dynamic. And then the offense hasn't looked like that the rest of the preseason. And I think, I think Laser's like, yeah, I showed it. I showed enough of my hand there. I'm not doing it anymore. So, if we see that offense come out that what we saw that first drive against Atlanta, if we see that come out against the Patriots, then I think we got a very good chance to score a lot of points and uh, you know be in the game. On defense, just make tackles. I mean, I think our guys are going to cover. The Patriots are going to do what the Patriots are going to do. You know. Just make tackles. No, we don't need Jimmy Wilson or Lewis Dailus bouncing off guys. We don't need you know Wheeler or those guys missing tackles like they normally do. Just wrap the guy up, bring him to the ground, you know, bend but don't break. So, you know, just kind of the defense need to survive this week, and then you know, worry about playing the um, double-headed monster of of uh, Manuel and Orton next week.
0: Right. So it will be an interesting – I think think you're right. I think that the Patriots are probably going to do the same thing to Charles Clay that they did last year, put a cornerback on him and try to shut him down. I think the Dolphins, like you said earlier in the show, the Dolphins are so deep at wide receiver that Tannehill should be able to find somebody other than Clay, other than Hartline. And other than Wallace, if all three of those guys are getting shut down, you have Landry, you have Gibson, you have these guys that provide other options. So you'll be able to see some of that. Um, Just to give you an update, because my draft starts in one second. I have the number two overall pick. Uh, We're seeing who the number one overall pick is. So we're going to talk some, too, while I do a live draft for the Finsider Official Fantasy Football League as we do the show. So it'll be a little interesting. Uh, Right now, we're still waiting on the first overall pick. But uh, Ohio brought up in the live thread to turn it over there and talk a little bit about what they're discussing in the live thread, how the Dolphins' defensive line matches up with the Patriots' offensive line. And my initial thought is we really don't know because this Patriots' offensive line is a – I won't say it's a work in progress. Um, it's it's kind of a fluctuation, though, and LaShawn McCoy went number one. So the question is, Duke, do you take Jamal Charles number two, or do you take Adrian Peterson number
2: two? Well, I'm not a fantasy guru by any means, um, but if it were me, I would take um, – I take Adrian Peterson for this reason. That's, um, that's I, 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 I would take Adrian Peterson. Do what? That's my thought, too. I, I would take him for this reason. Jamal Charles is, is all that Kansas City has. Um, I've read some stuff that Dwayne Bowe doesn't look like he's, you know, playing that great. They don't really have any other outside weapons. Um, you know, they they were kind of the 08 Dolphins last year where they caught everybody by storm. They won a bunch of games. I think they're going to regress a little bit. Um, their offensive line is a little bit weaker. They lost Albert. They lost a couple of interior guys. Um, so I, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. And I think Jamal Charles, he's still going to have a good year. But I think he's going to be a great year. Whereas Peterson has you know Jennings out there. He has Kyle Rudolph. Um, Cordero Patterson seems to be playing well, seems to be becoming a number one target. So They've got some weapons that are going to take away from the folks on Adrian Peterson, so he, he might be in store for a, a better year than Charles. So that would be my pick and my watch.
0: Uh, right as we hit the halfway mark of the show, uh, just so you guys do the reset and everything, this is the Finsider Radio. Uh, I'm Kevin Nogle, host, managing editor of the Finsider, the SB Nation Miami Dolphins blog. With me is Chris Early. You guys know him as Duke. Uh, just talking Miami Dolphins, previewing the Patriots a little bit, and trying to get us set up. We're back to an NFL season, return of the show tonight, so trying to get some uh, good talk going. If you are listening, not live, but you're listening somewhere down the road, uh, so you know, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we will be live on TheFensider.com. We always post a live thread there. You can jump in the Conversation. Leave comments, leave questions, and just talk with some Dolphins fans and probably some fans from some other teams, like currently Slot Machine Player is in the live thread, which is always fun to have a uh, a Patriots fan running around in the live threads. And just have some fun. Uh, we also do have a phone line. The number for that is uh, 347-326-9461. You can give us a call. We're already stacking up the the Callers, so I'll get to those in just a couple minutes, and we'll talk some Dolphins live questions, or we'll take some Dolphins live questions. So
2: I will go to the uh, defensive line. Uh, yeah, we were talking about it a second ago. I think the question is, you know, who is going to step in for Logan Mankins, and how well are they going to play in his stead? I mean, depending on what you read, some said that he's you know an elite guard, some saying he's he's not anymore. But I, you know, I, I didn't get. To see, I was trying to listen to the podcast on my phone uh, yesterday. I didn't get a chance to finish it. But Mark Kelly did a podcast, and Randy Starks was on there. And at some point, he was talking about how excited he was now that Logan Mankins is not there. So I think they're going to be looking um, to kind of go up against some of the, you know, some some of those guys on the offensive line and. and and try to eat a little bit. I I like what I've seen from Earl Mitchell. He seems to be a good penetrator on the defensive line. So if their guard can't play well enough, if their center can't play well enough, then I think our defensive line can can cause enough havoc to uh, make it an uncomfortable day for Brady. And there's awkward silence. Can you still hear me?
0: hear me and always fun. Sorry, I'm here. I was trying okay. to line up our callers because I have four on hold right now. Um and uh it wouldn't let me come back to the live thing. Um I have my second pick now. Um let me see who do I want to pick? Uh something just messed up. What happened? There we go. Okay. Um oh take a QB King Manny came off Peyton Manning came off the board right before me. I, I would have taken Peyton Manning. Um let's see. Giovanni Bernard. <laughs> no. <At the> second <laughs> It's a little early still on that one. Um I'm gonna have back to back picks almost. So I think I'll take Bernard here, finish off my starting running backs, and uh come right back. Probably I, I I know that there's at least one person listening to the show as we're drafting right now and is in there, but I'm probably coming back after this pick to take a wide receiver. And then I'll start looking at where to go from there, depending on how the draft goes. So right now the top wide receivers on the board are Jordy Nelson, Antonio Brown, Alshon Jeffrey, Keenan Allen, and Randall Cobb. Jeffrey. That's probably exactly where I'm going. Um Good, the Dolphins have Aaron, instead of Jonathan Martin, but Oh, yeah. I was gonna say Aaron Rodgers is on the board still too, but he just got picked, so Jeffrey it is. Okay, so now back to actually talking finsider stuff. And since we do kind of have a natural break here, I guess I can start running through all of these callers. So first up we'll go Dolphins fan for life. What's on your mind tonight?
4: I um I have got a couple of questions as usual. Well, first off, why didn't you pick Marshawn and Landry? That dude is Seattle's offense. He
0: is. Um, he I is, mean, and he was definitely an offense. But I think that the Vikings' offense is Adrian Peterson.
4: So yeah. True. But uh, if you had a chance to get him as a secondary back, because Adrian Peterson might get injured. But um, as far as, like, the Dolphins go, what do you think was the biggest addition to our off season, And I'll tell you who mine was Here in a minute um, But like As far as like everything Head coach I mean we got a new Offensive coordinator we got a new O-line coach We got a new GM But you know, Which one do you think is the best Addition to the team And why
0: um, I will go I will go offensive coordinator I think because it Changes up things for Tannehill I don't think it has to necessarily be The actual The actual Offense that laser I think laser's going to put in a good Offense that this team is actually Going to respond well to But I think that it was more important at this point for Tannehill to finally graduate from Mike Sherman's offense and shake things up, get out of that comfort zone. Because when you do get somebody out of that comfort zone, they either respond or they collapse. And right now it looks like he's responding. And that's exactly what you need from your quarterback as he enters his third year. You need that response. And, Some quarterbacks are perfectly fine. You get that first year into the system, and year three, he's in the same system and everything's going. The problem is for Tannehill, this is year seven going into that offense, and it was time for him to step out of it and learn something else. So I think that the biggest move the Dolphins made this year was shaking it up by getting Bill Lazor. Duke, your thoughts? I'm going to go with Brandon Albert. I mean, just – after watching that offensive line last year,
2: um, you know, he just he comes in, he locks down his side. You know, no worries. Uh, and, and, so, and, and I would throw one James in there, too. Um, he's not giving up a single pressure yeah. this preseason, but the preseason hasn't really been tested yet. Check back with me in a few weeks, but Right now, it looks like the tackle position is set for a few years. So, uh, but to me, it's the a big addition. And the reason I don't go with the coaches is because I mean, we really don't know what they're bringing to the table yet. I mean, at the end of the year, Bill Laser might be the greatest thing to ever happen to Miami. But by now, it's still unknown. But we do know what we've got in Brandon Albert. And so far, he's lived up to that billing. So, as he as he puts on Twitter, protect the hill. And I like it. For, for me, it's
4: another... <laughs> any of the kids or any of the players, but it's the analytics department that they went and built in Miami. The first thing that Hickey did when he came in, he he had them build an analytics department, and the first thing that was evident was both in the free agent signings because we were like, why Cortland Finnegan? Why Earl Mitchell? Why Noshon? Why, you know, why Juwan James in the draft? Why, you know, Another receiver? What? You know, and slowly but surely, all these picks have been coming through, and I think that's a true testament to the analytics department because basically all you see is, all right, this guy will fit this position. Why did we pick Juwan James at number one? Well, number one, he wanted to be here. Number two, you know, he played right tackle all throughout college. Right. And that's what we needed. You know, so that analytics department showed up positions. I mean, it even had us, Why? who is this defensive end that we're picking in the seventh round? Why are we taking another defensive end? We've got, you know, we've got Wake, Jordan, Shelby, uh, Vernon. Why do we need a fifth defensive end? And now we see this dude I didn't even know what Martis was before he was drafted. And all of a sudden, this guy comes on the field, and all you see, you know, the day he got drafted, the first thing I looked up was that one series of plays that I posted the day he was drafted. And, man, like, then you hear about, like, in the last game against the Cowboys, these these new monitors that they have on the Dolphins. You know, they have them strapped up to this little machine underneath right. their pads. You know, all in all, I think all these innovative ideas are going to help us in the long run. Now, we see maybe next year how next year's draft comes out, see how that analytics department works there. But Hickey really had nothing to work with when he got here, and then he turned that, you know, produce not only a solid like free agency, because none of us wanted Cortland Finnegan. We thought he was going to be a bust, and all that guy has done is play his heart. Yeah, Everybody well, thought... Well, Mitchell.
0: Life, I got to let, go. let you go. I got to let you go. I got five more callers calling. So that's thanks cool. very much. I th- I think you're right. I think that the analytics department was a big move for the Dolphins. I do think that... Uh, that I don't know how much I put into it in terms of, oh, my God, it revolutionized everything. Let's see a couple years down the road, and let's see where it is. But I think that a first look, it absolutely did have an impact. Uh, We'll go ahead and bring Flirty and Debater on now, a trader who's gone over to the dark side with another Dolphins blog. But we still welcome here a a friend of the site. So Flirty and Debater, welcome to the show. How are you tonight? I'm doing great. It's nice to see you guys are back online, and I am not a traitor, okay? I'm still a <laughs> Dolphin fan, so that, auto- that automatically makes me not a traitor. I would be a traitor if I went to the Jets. <laughs> but w- what's on your mind tonight? No, I just wanted to come in and chat with you guys. It's been a long time, so I kind of missed you. It, it, so what it, are we talking uh, about so uh, far? We, we, we haven't... We, we have not had the opportunities for the show as much as we had liked over the pre or over the off season and it's the preseason but we are definitely back tonight and uh just talking uh patriots talking fantasy cuz i'm in the middle of a fantasy draft as we do this and by the way i just took uh, reggie bush um there you go and uh i think that we're, we're trying to get everything set up for the season and we'll see how the season goes so <clears throat> What, what are your thoughts? Oh, what, I'll, give you this. I'll give you the opening question we had from the show tonight. What surprised you on the 53-man roster? Okay, let's see. Okay, the 53-man roster, quite honestly, there weren't a whole lot of real surprises per se because um, Anthony Johnson, I looked at him all throughout training camp. He was doing really good, and I saw a lot of Terrence Fidel when he was not hurt, so he was doing really well, so that was not much of a surprise. Um. Oh no, I have a real surprise. It was Orland Darkwa because as good as he looked in preseason and as good as he looked throughout training camp, I did not expect Darkwah to become a 53-man roster guy. I was expecting him to wind up going through waivers and getting on the practice squad. So seeing Darkwa on the roster was quite a surprise for me. That was actually my number one surprise. Was I thought <laughs> I thought the team would keep Daniel Thomas because he's a veteran. And they know what he is. They're not looking for a lot from him as a fourth running back. But you keep him to back up NoShawn Moreno's knee. And then Darkwood goes to the practice squad. That's exactly how I thought it would go down. And obviously, I was way off on that. <laughs> Well, to be honest, I'm kind of glad you were far off, man, because it's like I've had enough of Daniel Thomas after watching him do absolutely nothing against the Rams' third stringers, okay? At some point, we have to be like, okay, you're really not doing anything no matter what we throw your way, so we really got to let you go now. I I, I have no issue with that. I really don't. I Him being on the team as the fourth running back, I didn't think was going to make or break this squad. I I just – I also – I also look at what he did against the Rams and yeah, it was more of the same from what we've seen of him, but at the same time it was also his first action of the preseason. So I, 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 there's some excuse making in there. There's some trying to justify what you saw at the end of the day. It doesn't really matter. Boy, I just, I thought he was going to be on the roster because if, Moreno goes down. Who do you have to step up into that position? And Damian Williams. Daniel Thomas, you, you do, but Daniel Thomas, at least you have, you know that he can do it because he's done it before. Does he do it regularly? No. But on those rare instances where the team has really needed him, he's found a way to come through at times. And there's been games where Miller, hasn't been able to do anything, and Thomas was actually the hot guy. So he can get hot, but I do. I, I think that Darkwood was probably the surprise. I, I agree with you there. Um, well, what I, and, well, Go ahead. Yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say that from what I've seen, from just seeing Damian Williams and seeing Orlin's Darkwa. I'm I'm pretty much convinced that they're going to be able to do a very good job in Daniel Thomas's place and probably do a better job because Damian Williams got some reps against higher um against higher uh competition and he did a he did a lot better. He was breaking tackles, he was finding good vision, he was catching passes out of the backfield. He was doing pretty much everything that Daniel Thomas we've seen him do very rarely and he was doing it a lot better. So for me, he was the, I don't. We don't need Daniel Thomas. We have Damian Williams now, and Darkwa is there to be a slightly less version of Damian Williams because Darkwa was doing the same things, and I think that's why he ended up on the roster. Was I think that at the end of the day, Hickey went, "What are the chances he makes it through waivers?" And there probably he probably ruled or figured there wasn't. And even if he did, Darkwa was probably a very prime poaching candidate. So. You you take a chance either way. You have Miller and or Moreno go down. You have no experience at your running back position. Obviously, at that point, you're looking to free agency to find somebody anyway. So I I, I could go either way, and I didn't think that Thomas was back after this year. I thought this was his last year in the, hey, we need that depth player role. So I I, kind of feel like the same way I did with, Um, Carlos Dansby and Kevin Burnett. I thought that they had one more year with the Dolphins because they were that veteran experience and you have the younger guys develop behind them and they were gone. And obviously we got Wheeler and LRB instead and take it for what it's worth. I think that they probably play better this year. Obviously Wheeler is the weak link of those two, but I think they play better this year because they've been in the system for long for a year now. Hopefully I am right on that, and I'm hoping that all Dolphins fans hope that I'm right on that. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. But Flirting Debater, thank you very much for calling in tonight. I do have to keep going because so, i got to get through these other callers. But
4: All right, no worries, man. Good and to be
0: back. We'll be back next week. So if you want to call in, we'll be here. Uh, all right, buddy. Night.
3: Yeah. Justin's
0: up next, joining us. He's actually in the uh, – Draft with me right now. So, how are you tonight? Uh, pretty good. And you? Doing well. Uh, How's your draft going? I haven't looked at your team um, yet. Actually, I'm pretty good. I haven't had any. Compl- I haven't had any problems
1: with it. Uh, I have five picks more till mine. My draft.
0: Um, it's actually not that bad. Oh, good. Good. I I, I do think I'm going to beat you at the end of the day, but. That's just because I can't. I can say that. <laughs> you
4: can. Yeah. I actually, I actually got in on the last minute thing, but I, I was, I didn't originally
1: win the raffle. Right. Yeah. But, but
0: yeah, we. Um, yeah. Sorry.
1: No, go on. Oh uh, no, I,
2: I was, I was just glad I got in here because uh, I, I just love fantasy and I thought it'd be pretty
0: cool to be on a Dolphins fan uh, website. Fantasy well, draft. I'm I'm glad you made it in. I'm kind of upset that Mike Wallace just got drafted because he was my next pick. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I am glad you made it in. Uh, enjoy the rest of the draft, and hopefully it's a great year on fantasy. Yeah, hopefully it is. You have a good night. Thanks for calling. You too, thank you. Our last caller tonight... Um, takes us back to what our original topic was for the night, and we can welcome Slot Machine Player in here. So now we have somebody who can talk expert on the uh, Patriots. So, Slot Machine Player, how are you?
1: I'm doing great. How are you guys doing?
0: Doing well. So, how much longer does Tom Brady have before his legs simply fall off and the rest of the AFC East can celebrate?
1: Well, yeah, you saw the, the quote that he had that, you know, when I <laughs> suck, I'll quit. So we'll find out because, yeah, there was some there was some fall off in play last year. And, you know, he of course, he, he didn't know the names of half the guys he was throwing to. That might be the reason. But maybe he's just getting older. We'll find out. And that's going to start I do think, on Sunday.
0: I do think that you probably are looking at – Some fall off in play. I mean, Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning of a decade ago anymore. And I think it's safe to say the same thing of Brady. But at the same time, those two are so far above the rest of the field. And I mean, you can throw Aaron Rodgers in there. You can throw Drew Brees in there. But those two are so far (laughs) above everybody else that even fall off in their play is still great play. So –
1: And one of the things with Brady is it's never been the physical attributes with him. It's not like he's going to outrun you. It's not like he's got a cannon for an arm. It's really making the smart plays and throwing the accurate passes. So as long as he can do that, you know, he can keep going at a high level for a long time. Um, It's when when he can't target, when he's, you know, the timing's off, that kind of stuff. That's going to be a bigger issue. Or if the O-line is just leaking, like I said, and he puts him on the ground all season long, then yeah, he's gonna have uh he's gonna have some problems, but anybody <laughs> would.
0: So. We got asked this earlier and I know you were in the live tour and you probably heard us talking about it, but what, actually what's going no, I just got with, home from work. <laughs> okay, well then there you go. What what is going on with the offensive line? I mean the Logan Macon trade kind of surprised everybody, including Brady. Um yeah. What is the status of the offensive line? How have they looked? And the Dolphins, obvious, their their defensive strength is their front, their front four. So, right. How How do you see that matchup playing out? And well, oh, before you before you do that, I'm making myself sick right now because I did just draft Tom Brady. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you want to he see him not, do he, good this weekend? Will not, but not against though.
1: But you still want to pull out the win? I know. That's why I quit, had to quit fantasy football because I just can't be torn like that. Um, okay. Well, tackle-wise, we're doing pretty well. I mean, we've got Volmer, and we've got Sauter and we've got Cannon, who they've tried to move into the guard position, and he just really plays right tackle better than he plays anything else. So we've kind of got two right tackles and – one left tackle, at least at least one of them works as a swing tackle. So the tackle position is pretty solid. Now, we they drafted three offensive linemen, or they might have picked one of them up as an undrafted free agent. But anyway, they, they brought in a bunch of on, offensive linemen, and they swapped 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 them around positions all over the place this preseason. And no matter who they had in there, they played adequately, I'd say. I wouldn't say it's great, but they played adequately for preseason. And considering that, you know, most of the guys had no idea who was to the right and to the left half of the time, you know, Uh that was doing okay. So um, all the Logan Mankins trade was just kind of a, a shock in that, you know, Looking at our line last year, he was one of the better interior on, on the interior line. Although, to be perfectly honest, his run blocking is was great last year, but his pass blocking was down. Right. Um, and and I th- I was attributing that to the fact that Wendell was next to him at center and he sucked, and then Connolly was to the right of Wendell and and he kind of sucked. So, you know, but. I don't sit there and watch these guys all the time. Maybe they saw something different, and they really said that, you know, a little drop-off from, from Mankins down to the next guy isn't that big a deal, or maybe they thought there wasn't a drop-off. Yeah, so interior line right now is a big question mark. Um, somebody even mentioned that they might bring Volmer over to the left guard position which would, and then have Cannon over at, at right tackle. Which Logan Mankins was a tackle in college, and they slid him into the guard position. So right. completely unknown, and yet the two worst guys on the O line, Wendell and Connolly, are still there. So I mean, they didn't. They they've got slightly higher, you know, slightly higher uh, contract numbers, um, and yet they didn't dump those contracts. So. I don't know. To be perfectly honest, I am glad that we're out from under uh, Mankin's contract. That was going to start to that, be a real problem starting yeah. here. So,
0: that, and and that is a very Belichick thing to do. Um, the guy starts to get up there and pay, cut him, trade him, do something, and yeah, that that contract is well, going be painful.
1: Yeah, and they tried to they tried to get him to renegotiate. That was absolutely not going to happen. So. Yeah, you know, this is an opportunity to you know to do that. Pick up a tight mm-hmm. end, which God knows we've tried to pick up every tight end we can, and they're just not <laughs> sticking on the roster. So
0: the problem right. is the Dolphins have waived one. What's that? When the Dolphins wave one for you, then you'll be able to pick one.
1: That's right. We well, did. That's
0: right. I mean, so what's up? How about this Clay guy?
1: I mean, <laughs> you guys aren't going to use him, right?
0: <laughs> no, not at all. I will say today, just just so you know, um, got an email from the guys over at Pat's Pulpit today, and uh-huh. it was uh, it was our setting up the uh, five questions and everything, and the last okay. line on it was the last line on it was oh, and if you guys have any writers that you're getting ready to wave, let us know because we will obviously claim any wa- any writers you guys wave. <laughs> And I'm sitting at work and just started busting out laughing. Everybody at work turns and looks at me, and I'm just like, sorry.
1: Yeah, they're probably trying to dump my contract. I, you know, I'm i eating up all the Cheeto dust. so.
2: Uh, <clears throat> I have uh, a couple of questions for you. One, one of the comment really is that um, I noticed you said that they experimented a lot with the interior offensive line, and yep. that was kind of a big complaint over the past couple of years with – Uh, Joe Philbin here in Miami is that he experimented they didn't let guys settle in so it sounds like to me that's just something coaches do it's not just a Philbin thing which is kind of comforting but another thing is I've read some stuff by uh, Bill Simmons and something that he said about the Patriots kind of I want to get your opinion on this he kind of thought that you know all those years the Patriots traded down and traded down and acquired all these picks and you know a few of them, used to, some of them didn't, but he always wondered why they didn't go out and, and try to get more weapons for him. You know, I mentioned, you know, I mean, there's some Dolphins fans that don't like line, but there are several that would, that would, you know, absolutely be draining if he went to the Patriots, but was, he, we think he would become a, you know, a very good a pro bowler up there. So what kind of, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you, do you think that Belichick kind of wasted some of, Brady's prime years with these um, kind of under underachieving top receivers, these no-name guys that he should have gone out. I mean, we saw what happened when he had Welker and Moss together. Do you think he should have gotten a big name, the first-round pick on a on, on a, a number one top receiver to give Brady? What, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Okay, well, first I want to address the O-line thing. I, I think they it is just something that coaches do, swapping them around, because you can only keep so many O-line guys anyway. And, you know, you, you, you want to pick the best starters for the best positions, but you also need to know, okay, when an injury happens, who do you have that, can, that, can, that you can pop in there? Not every, not every tackle can be a swing tackle, play both left and, and right tackle positions. So having somebody like Mankins, who's a left guard, but could slide out to left tackle and play that adequately, that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. So then on the other question... You know, for a, for a while there, I I thought they were wasting, uh, wasting him. But then, you know, we brought in guys that are more like on the twilight of their career, like you know Randy Moss. But while we had Randy Moss, we brought in Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway did a did a great job down with the Buccaneers. Couldn't pick up the offense. You know, Chad Stinko, He came in and he was. You know he he did fine with the Bengals. He, you know, he was just a, you know, nothing between the ears trying to pick up our offense. So, you know, and these are these are experienced vets that have had success in the NFL. So you know, picking up a top draft pick at wide receiver or whatever, and we've we've had a bunch of you know you know second round draft picks like. Uh, like uh, Chad Jackson and uh, Bethel Johnson and guys like that, that, you know, had some speed, had some some success in college, and yet came in and really couldn't pick up the offense, you know, really didn't do anything as a Patriot. So I think in some of those positions, it's more of a crapshoot on the, the offensive skill positions, whether they're going to come in and, and contribute. If you look at like a tight end when we got Gronk and Hernandez um that position in the in the offense isn't quite as complex um on the Patriots as the wide receiver tree is because you're expected to not to, to know every every position you you're, you're going to have to be, you know, you're going to have to be the split end. You're going to have to you have to know the slot positions. You have to know you know, every wide receiver position, you have to know what they're doing on the given play because the way the the way the route concepts go, um, just a very slight change to it, um, it's the same same exact play, different personnel, or different personnel are doing different jobs in in the offense. So. You know, whereas you, you know, and what with with one slight change, I mean, you might have been doing a go route. And now you're going to cut in somebody else's doing the go route. They, they flipped the entire, it's the same play, you know, flip sides. But you haven't moved. You know, that kind of stuff. So you have to be very aware of what's going on. So what Belichick was doing in trading down, you know, I was all for it because one thing he kept doing is picking up a few, you know, basically saving two first-round picks for a number of years. He would trade into next year's first-round pick, pick up a bunch of picks. But what he was doing is he was basically doubling at every position. So we got two tight ends when we wanted tight ends. You know, we picked up two cornerbacks. Most of them stunk, but we picked up two cornerbacks. We picked up, you know, and you, you generally get one, at least one good guy at each position doubling up. Sometimes you got two with the two tight ends, you know you know, and sometimes you didn't. But um just since somewhat of some of the draft is, is a crapshoot, he was bettering the odds by having a number of picks. Plus, you know, really trying to move up when before the uh, they had the rookie wage or, you know the, the rookie wage cap or whatever. Yeah. Um it, you could really, you know, kill your cap by, you know, drafting high rookies. Um, you know, a lot of teams that, well, like you guys with, uh, in 2008, you picked up uh, Jake Long, Jake Long. you know, as the number one, was that? Yeah. So you you picked him up as the number one. You know, that's a, that's a very important pick because if that guy doesn't do well, you've kind of screwed up your cap for years, you know. And if you've got a team that's, that's consistently not doing well, then they're they're picking high all the time, and that that kills your cap, so him you know not needing i mean having a having a a perennial um, contender and basically just trying to keep churning the bottom of the of the depth chart and trying to get new guys in to improve the bottom of the depth chart and occasionally you keep you find a keeper that's a starter, but you know also some of the draft picks that we picked weren't necessarily all that bad. It's just that, you know, we had solid starters at that position. You know, hey, this is the best guy on the board we'll, at this position. We'll bring him in. He can't crack the starter. He finds a job somewhere else. Okay. So, yeah, I wish that they were doing more to, to, to help Brady out because, um, obviously, 2007, I mean, with a good set of wide receivers – He did wonders. But then again, I mean, we've tried to – it wasn't too long after that. Let's see, we lost – Gaffney went out to, uh, to the Broncos, what, in 2009. We tried to find that third receiver. You know, we still had Moss. We still had Welker. We tried to find that third receiver to fit in the offense. And they brought in a number of vets, and none of them really could pick it up. And that was just to be the third receiver in the in the offense. We we never had any idea. I mean, they were, they kept pulling Slater, and Slater sucks as a receiver. He's great on special teams. They kept pulling him in because he was a better option. He actually knew. He actually knew the playbook, whereas these other veterans that they brought in didn't. So.
2: Well, it sounds count to me that um, <clears throat> that that doubling down graphics something that maybe Belichick picks up from being around Parcells because that was something that uh, when Parcells and Ireland were here that they tried to do usually when they had extra draft picks they would double down at certain positions at cornerback or a tackle or something like that so but mm-hmm. uh, along those lines how do you feel about um, the young receivers that are on your team Dobson and Tompkins I know that um, I was a fan of Dobson in the draft last year and I kind of wanted the Dolphins to, come to pick him up so um, you know what? What? How, how are they progressing? Are they looking improved this this year?
1: Yeah, I think I think Dobson, um, if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be uh, kind of a special player. I think that he can potentially be a number one receiver for us, which we really haven't had since since Moss. I mean, we're playing little ball, but he has the potential to. You know, he's he's a little bit taller, six three. He He's got some speed to him. Um actually he, he's got you know, you talk about a second gear, but he's kinda got a third gear there we saw against the Steelers where not only was he did he, he speed up to get ahead of the secondary, but once he caught the ball, he gained a lot of separation quickly. So but he was just wasn't you know he had, he had problems you know with figuring out the routes early on and then he got injured and we only saw him play one game so far this preseason he's playing the fourth game but he looked pretty good doing that so yeah I'm hoping that he can be that number one receiver that we've been missing for and I'm really hoping that either um, Tompkins which who I I personally like or LaFell who they've brought in I, I'm hoping that they can be more of that you know. That uh, possession receiver, the guy who patrols the sidelines there and gets you the get you the you know the first down if you need it or or something more along those lines. Um, but what I'm most hoping for is that really last year, um, you know with Gronk out, um, you know, Tompkins was six one. He was probably about the tallest receiver that that Brady was, and, and at the same time that uh, that Gronk was out, we also had Dobson out. So, um, Tompkins was about the tallest receiver we were thrown to there um, at 6-1 in the end zone. And and he made a couple of great plays. I mean, he came up with the game winner against New Orleans. So, you know, and then we had, uh, you know, we're, we're thrown to Michael Kumanoanui um, a- against you guys, and he came up with a great catch against Miami. Last year, but you know he's just not a big play threat. So now, if we get Gronk back, and, and he's what six seven, and we've got Dobson at six three, LaFalle at six three, and uh, we've got uh, we've got Tim Wright, also six three. He can be in there in the end zone, and we've got uh, they've actually been using uh, James Devlin our fullback quite a bit as a tight end. He's also six three and, and he runs quite a few routes um out of the backfield. So it wouldn't be surprising to see him um, when you least expect a you know a fullback to be out running routes and catching the ball, he's been doing a good job of it. He's been training with the the tight ends all preseason. So we finally got some size in the end zone and when Gronk was out, that's what we were most missing. So I'm hoping that that problem. It. <laughs> it does seem problems. like
0: the Patriots have uh, have problems scoring. I mean, that that has always been my thought: is how do the Patriots ever find the end zone? Well, a... <laughs> for, all okay, of, Duke, for any of on. you guys who are fantasy guys,
1: those kicks a lot of field goals. So <laughs> uh, Steven Gasowski kicks a lot of field goals.
0: That's true. And, just
1: pom- uh, that's
2: just pom- that's pom- why. Yeah,
1: moving between I, the 20s is not an issue.
2: I have one more question for you. Um, sure. You know, we've we've asked you a lot about the Patriots, so I'm going to ask what if you've seen if you've watched any of the Dolphins or read anything about them. What what have you seen from the Dolphins that from this team or read about the Dolphins that kind of makes you worried about Sunday or, or, or if you are at all worried about it? Um, what are your thoughts on this team on Tannehill on, on some of the the, the what we have on offense and defense.
1: Well, what I tried to do is uh, is I watched the third preseason game where more of your starters are playing, and I think he's I think Tannehill's pro- progressed um, from what I remember of him last year, um, which is good, and and you'd expect. Um, I didn't really see them doing a lot of the really the fast tempo stuff, so if I had to worry about. You know something popping up. I mean preseason's all vanilla, and of course, you know, I still have uh, nightmares from when they they sprang the wildcat on us. Or so, um, <laughs> so yeah. I mean that something something like that where where they suddenly you know can do up tempo and you know. 95-degree, 95% humidity weather and really start wearing down the defense, you know, that kind of thing. Or if we don't have the answer to, to clay um, uh, on defense, you know, that kind of thing can, can make for a really long day. Um, now, one thing with the up-tempo, I mean, <clears throat> the Patriots have played in the preseason against the Eagles um, two years running now. And uh, they've actually practiced against them, gone out there and practiced against them all week um, in the preseason for the last few years. Now, you know, last year they were going to have this super up-tempo offense. And we, when they were out there practicing against them, you know, it took a while for that to, to come around and actually start hitting on all cylinders. Uh, because it takes it takes a toll on the offense as well, it's, you know, not not just from a, just, you know, not just from a, a physical, you know, draining, you know, because you're running so many plays. It's also mentally. It's mentally taxing because you have to constantly, okay, where do I need to be on here? Where do I, There's not a lot of time to think when you're getting reset all the time. So, um, you know, the Patriots are very familiar with up-tempo. They run up, up-tempo at will, but it is a difficult thing to to implement. Now, the, the Eagles did very well with it towards the end of the year, but the beginning, and, and, and this preseason, they were just fine with it, but the, be, the beginning of the year last year, so my hope is that if, if something like that um, comes out there, that your guys aren't just quite as good at it
2: yet at the beginning of the year.
1: But we don't really know. We don't know what the Patriots are. We don't know what the the Dolphins are. And this is going to really be our first look. Um, and, And if they've got a surprise for anybody this year, this is a game that they are going to launch it. I don't think it's a big surprise in 2008 that they waited to launch the Wildcat on the Patriots. And if there's a surprise, we'll see it this Sunday.
0: Well, let's hope that it comes out just like last time when uh, the Patriots were in Miami. So uh, no, no, let, yeah, let's, let's go yeah. for that again. Michael Thomas with the interception. That, I'm okay with that. But, uh, flop machine player, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks yeah, no uh, for joining the show, and uh, we'll definitely talk to you again later this season. Because unfortunately, we, we have to go to the at some point. <laughs> but thanks very right. much. Yeah, you have a good night. Worries. Bye. We are a little over our hour-long show, but I did want to give uh, SMP as much time as he wanted to talk about the uh, Patriots. So, Duke, any closing thoughts on your end? Um, just one that
2: when you say the name Orleans Darkwa, it sounds very Klingon to me. It
0: kind of does. You're right. And I found, <laughs> that, I found that very awesome. So... <laughs> that's a good closing comment i like it um just so you all know i'll run down my fantasy team right now tom brady alshon jeffrey pierre garçon percy harvin adrian peterson giovanni bernard um, i do not have a tight end or kicker yet i have kansas city's defense my bench is reggie bush no sean moreno kendall wright sammy watkins brian hartline and philip rivers right now Um, I've got a couple tight ends stored in my queue to hopefully grab one of them, and then uh, I'll pick up a kicker and see how it goes. But that's my fantasy team right now, and hopefully I can actually do pretty well against the rest of the Finsider official fantasy league. Uh, I've got two more rounds, and unfortunately I won't be able to run down the entire team with you. But everybody, thanks for listening. We're back Wednesday night next week, 9 p.m. Eastern time, Uh, getting back into the habit of doing this weekly moved it off of thursday since there's thursday night football every week so make sure you check us out on new night wednesday 9 p.m eastern time talk dolphins review the previous game preview the upcoming game and just have some fun so thanks everybody for listening and we'll talk to you again next week good night everybody good night Now at O'Reilly Auto Parts, pick up a bottle of Seafoam Motor Treatment on sale for $7.99. Plus, earn double O-rewards points. Help your engine run smoother and last longer with Seafoam Motor Treatment. On sale now at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details.
3: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.